Hello, Believers. This is Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger Podcast, where I help God chasers and difference makers find the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. So as you can see, I am back to my usual self and feeling much better after my last episode. And you know what? I have to thank you. You guys are so awesomely awesome. I, I, I mean, my email, my inboxes, my DMs blew up after that last episode. And I'm just so grateful for how you listened and understood and didn't judge and just you were just right there in it like we were friends and that's how I feel about you like we just were were right there in it with me and I so appreciate that and I think it's one of those important lessons that you know no matter who you are leading or influencing or have been called to serve we all have moments where we get discouraged and where we have these kind of crises of faith and we just feel disappointed and heartbroken and, you know, we suck it up and soldier on, but really haven't dealt with that hurt and that heartache. And the way that it came out on the podcast, honestly, I just don't think that it could have come out any other way. I do believe that that was God's design and your response to it just confirmed that. So thank you for being there for me. I love you. This is where you cue the golden girls music. Thank you for being a friend. (laughs) But seriously, I am so grateful from the bottom of my heart. I love you all so much. Everybody that reached out. I so appreciate you. So Let's get into today's episode called All I Got, okay, All I Got. And our key verse, our guiding scripture for this episode is Colossians 3.11, and it says this, Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. So today we're going to be talking about abundance in Christ, and we're going to be tackling these three subjects, the trick, the truth, and the triumph. So let's start with the trick. Now, this is coming from Numbers chapter 11, verses 1 through 6, and it says this. Now, the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord, and when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed them out of the outskirts of camp. When the people cried out to Moses, he prayed to the Lord and the fire died down so that the place was called to because fire from the Lord had burned among them. Verse four, the rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlics. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. So let me break this down for you. Okay. So this is the trick and make sure that you follow along so that you can see where the trickery comes in. Right. So the Israelites were fresh out of slavery. You know, God had showed his power, liberating them from the grip of Pharaoh He had sent plagues to their enemy. He parted the Red Sea and Pharaoh and his army were drowned. And God led them to safety by giving them a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night so that they could keep it moving to safety. He provided for them daily in the form of manna. And so manna is known as bread of heaven. And basically it was these wafers, okay, that tasted like honey that miraculously appeared every day. And so every morning 
God would provide the manna like it just you couldn't grow it. You couldn't source it. You, it just was there. He provided for them. And when everybody had had their fill, it went away. And people that tried to stockpile it like, you know, oh, well, let me take a few of these, you know, for tomorrow so that, you know, I don't have to come back out. Anytime anybody tried to do that, it would turn to worms because the whole point of that was God trying to demonstrate and show them you don't need to hoard things. I can provide for you every single day. And so that is what they were complaining about when they say all we have is this manna. That's what they were referring to. So despite all of God's provisions, the Bible says in Numbers 11 that the people began to complain. It says they complained about their hardships and in doing so, they ignited God's anger so much so that he sent fire to consume them and so as people were being consumed in the fire and the fire was spreading people ran to Moses and they're like Moses please you know do something about this and so Moses prayed to the Lord and petitioned on their behalf and God relented okay so he he did quench the flames and then it says and then the rabble among them so this is verse four and then the rabble among them began to crave other food and again, the Israelites began to complain. So here's the thing. The Israelites, fresh out of slavery, slavery, bondage, where you cannot go to the left or to the right without somebody say so, where you're being whipped and beaten and oppressed and you're not able to earn wages to support your family. And so generation after generation is being born into slavery. Okay. And God has freshly liberated them from slavery, from that bondage. And they get into the wilderness. Okay. They get into the wilderness and even in the wilderness, God is providing for them, but they were so focused on what they did not have and how hard it was that they started to complain. So despite everything that God had done for them, they murmured about how hard it was to start something new and to start someplace new. And they began to yearn and, and hunger for the familiarity and the predictability that came along with slavery. And when they did that, God sent judgment upon them. And some of us are experiencing that judgment right now. Now, it may not be fire, okay? It may not be fire, but God has liberated us from some things. He has pulled us out of some bad relationships. He has pulled us out of some toxic work environments. He has pulled us out of some uh, debilitating health conditions. You know, he has pulled us out of some bad places, and he has what the Bible says, established our going. And so he has set us on a path out of slavery so that we can be free from the yoke of bondage and into freedom and liberation and what God promised them, the land of Canaan. So to a promised land. And so God has pulled a lot of us out of that. But because it is difficult, OK, it is difficult to start something new. Translation, it's difficult to launch a platform. It's difficult to build a platform. It's difficult to grow a platform. It's difficult to sustain a platform. It is difficult to build your dream and grow your dream and launch your dream and sustain your dream and keep going with that dream when things seem difficult and rejection is in your face. Believe me, I know. Okay, y'all heard the last episode, so I get it. I completely get it. And so because it was hard, what they started to do was complain against God about how hard it was. And here's the trick. I don't want you to miss this. The key 
to abundance is gratitude. It's as simple as that. The key to abundance is gratitude. But the opposite of gratitude is complaint. And many of us are not where we thought we would be right now because we have complained and compared instead of being content and complete where we are. So we have complained, oh, I thought by the time I turned 38, I would be here. Or I thought by the time I turned 40, I would be there. Or I thought by the time I turned 50, I would have this going on and and I would have that going on and I would have this accomplished. And I didn't think it would be as hard as it is to do such and such. And and look at Sally Mae and look at at Betty Jo and, and look at John and look at Gary V and look at Jimmy C. Look at all these people that are doing these things. And I'm not doing any of those things. I'm not experiencing any of that success. And we start feeling some kind of way And even if we don't say it verbally out loud, God knows every thought you have and every intention of your heart. And so because we have complained and compared and murmured, we have been co-opted into blocking our own blessings. And the co-option happens this way. So you are basically in a system that constantly bombards you with knowledge of what other people are doing, aka social media. So that's all social media does. And I completely understand why people don't use it or have gotten off of it because it's a high tax to pay. Okay, it can be a powerful tool, but it can be a powerful tool for good and also a powerful tool for a lot of terrible things. Okay, so we've been co-opted into this system that constantly bombards you with knowledge of what other people are doing. And when you see what other people are doing, you begin to look at your own life and you get depressed or you get demoralized because your life doesn't look like their life or or your reality doesn't look like their highlight reel or your chapter two doesn't look like their chapter 32. And in that process, you are being compromised by the rabble. We're going to get to the rabble in a minute in verse four, but that whole process is influenced by the rabble. And so verse four and five says the rabble with them, with the Israelites began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and saying, if only we had meat to eat. Do you remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost and the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic? But now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. So let me tell you about the rabble. Not everybody that was liberated from Egypt were Israelites. You know, I know that that's a story that we know and that we're familiar with, but not everybody that, you know, was in that whole, let my people go. Not all of them were Israelites. In fact, uh, Exodus 12, 37 and 38 says, and the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men besides children. And a mixed multitude went up also with them and flocks and herds and even very much cattle. That mixed multitude were the rabble. The Israelites were God's chosen people, but they were traveling with people who God had not chosen. And those people began to look at what God was providing for the Israelites and said, it's not enough. Don't miss this. Some of you have allowed people to come along your journey and whether those people are in your life physically or whether those people are in your life digitally or in your life virtually, you have allowed people that God has not called to come along your journey and they are pointing out things 
and looking at what you don't have and looking at where you should be, where they think you should be. And they have made you start to question where God has you right now. So here's the thing. Those people, the rabble, were looking at what God was providing, the manna that was showing up every day and said, it's not enough. And the Bible says that, and again, the Israelites started wailing, if only we had meat to eat. So at the first part of the chapter, they are complaining about how hard it is, you know, to, to start something new and be someplace new. And they were longing for the familiarity of slavery. And when God heard it, he sent fire to consume them. And then the rabble started pointing out, well, you don't, all y'all, y'all got is this manna, you know, you, you ain't got no meat. You ain't got, you know, I mean, come on, this is all you got. And when they heard that, they, the Bible says, again, they started to wail, if only we had meat to eat. And so not only did the rabble cause them to cry out against God, but it made them long for bondage rather than freedom. Let me tell you something. You have a calling on your life. Okay. You have a calling on your life. As believers, you have an assignment. You have a calling on your life. And everybody that is in your life, everybody that you allow in your life, whether physically or virtually or digitally or what have you, has not been called. Okay. So you have a calling on your life and you have allowed people in your life that have not been called. And too many of us are letting people who have not been called dictate what the people of God should be doing and what we should have and where we should be going. That term rabble rouser, if you've ever heard that that phrase, you know, these rabble rousers, you know, it's like these troublemakers. OK, that's where that comes from, because a rabble rouser is someone who stirs up confusion and mess and discontent. And these are the people, you know, on social media, the, the coaches and the influencers that are saying things like, oh, well, if all you have are 300 followers and and all you got is, is, is 200 subscribers and and all you made was a couple of hundred dollars. And these are people that are stirring up confusion. They are stirring up discontent and they're making you look at things that you ordinarily would have been blessed to receive and grateful to have. They've caused you to look at it and, and start feeling some kind of way about what you have they do this in your personal relationships oh what kind of job your husband got oh oh okay that's what he's doing Mm. oh what kind of car you guys drive oh oh okay I mean I understand you know I I, honey I know a car note you know I I wouldn't want one either you know I just for me I just can't you know I I have to have the amenities you know I need those bells and whistles honey (laughs) so they're looking at things that you have been content with things that you've been grateful for things that you've been satisfied with things that you have embraced and, and and given God thanks for and you know Lord I appreciate you know how I don't have a car note and, and I and my car may not be fancy but it still runs and and Lord you know even though my husband may not be no six-figure earner you know I appreciate you know that he's willing to work multiple jobs to support the family or if you don't have a husband it's like I got to work these two and three jobs to make ends meet you know you be like Lord thank you for these additional sources of revenue you know but the rabble rousers will come along and start pointing at those things and saying like mm, that's what you gotta do mm, that's who you with mm, that's the car you driving mm, you only got these many followers mm, you only got so many subscribers mm, what's wrong with you and so instead of thanking God for the 300 followers and instead of thanking God for the 200 subscribers and instead of thanking God for the couple of hundred dollars we start wailing like 
the Israelites. Why not me? Why not now? Why don't I have? Why haven't I gotten? When is it going to be my turn? Remember how life was easy before I got married. Remember how life was easy before, you know, I decided I was going to try to build a platform or launch a podcast or write a book. And listen, I'm going to tell you, like God told me, you better get your mind right. You better get your mind right. I understand being spiritually disappointed. You heard my disappointment in the last episode, but I want to be very clear. Do not let people who have not called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light tell you that God is not doing enough. God has called you out of something. He's called you away from something. He's pulled you away from some things and from some people. And it's not for somebody else that God has not called to tell you that where God has brought you to is insufficient. God is making provision for you, just like he made provision for the Israelites. God had to take them through a wilderness so that they could develop the teeth, the grit, the muscle, the discipline, the skills that would be necessary to flourish in the promised land. Because remember, the dynamic of of slavery is you are subject to a master. They had been serving a different master. They had been subject to a different protocol, a different set of rules. And God is saying, you're not quite yet ready to embrace all that I have for you. You need to develop the muscle, the discipline to trust me as your master. Okay, like you you in love under new management. Y'all remember that song from like the 80s, 90s? I'm in love under new management. God said you in love under new management. And because you are in love under new management, I need to reprogram you so that you can stop trusting in the slave master. Oh, if if only we had the food from slavery and oh, if only we had the, the, the structure and the stability of slavery. God says, no, I need to reprogram you. And the best way for me to reprogram you is to take you to boot camp. Okay. Is to enlist you in the wilderness and put you through a series of, of gauntlets and examinations and tests and trials so that you can understand that number one, I love you. Number two, I will provide for you. Number three, if you serve me, I will bless you. And so the purpose of the wilderness is for you to be able to develop the muscle to serve God and to serve him only, not serving man, not serving Pharaoh, not serving for people that, that you want to like and this, that, and the third. He said, no, I'm, I'm putting you in the wilderness so that you understand what it is to serve this master, one who loves you, one who will provide for you, one who will bless your children, one who will order your steps, one who will bless your going out and your coming in, one who will fight your battles on your behalf and conquer your enemies. I need you to learn how to do that. And the best way for you to do that is for you to develop the muscle to do that and the best place for you to develop the muscle to do that is in the wilderness and so for you while you are in your wilderness keep in mind that this wilderness is developing the muscle that you need to understand and embrace the fact that you serve the one true God who has pulled you out of a negative situation and is taking you to a promise okay you are not the the wilderness is not the final destination that was never the plan but you are on your way to a promise 
promise. And while you're on your way to the promise, God is making provision. So do not allow the rabble among you, the people that you've allowed in your life that have not been called out of darkness, the people that have not been called to do the things that God has asked you to do, make you feel like the God that you serve is not doing enough. But I digress. So here's the deal. (laughs) Here's the deal. As he took them through the wilderness in in the effort to, to get them to the promised land, the hard truth is they never got there. Ain't that something? The Bible says that they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. God was so patient with them. He gave them chance after chance after chance after chance to get it right, to trust him, to serve him, to obey him consistently. He gave them 40 years to get it together and they never got it together. And so the Israelites that Moses freed from Egypt, they did not make it to Canaan because they never learned to be content with where God had led them. Now the generation after them, you know, so at, you know, 40 years, you didn't have some kids and you know, Joshua came along them, the ones that made it to the promised land, but the old heads, yeah, them, they didn't make it. And they never learned to be grateful for God's provision. And my caution to you, my fear is that some of you are headed for the same fate. You are wandering in the wilderness of comparison and envy and anger and doubt about your calling. And until we understand that gratitude, not lip service gratitude, Lord, I'm thanking you, Lord, I'm grateful, Lord thank you for the sun the moon and the stars life health and strength food and shelter like not that kind of stuff but I'm talking about real true genuine gratitude and appreciation until we realize that that is the key to moving through and navigating the wilderness he will never let you leave he will never let you leave God had a calling on their lives too God had chosen them too but they became the architects of their own prison and they built that prison brick by brick and bar by bar and lock by lock and chain by chain through complaining, through an attitude of ingratitude, which brings us to the triumph. So I'm dating myself, but if you've ever seen that movie, New Jack City, and if you haven't, go watch it. It's a classic old Wesley Snipes film. There's this scene, you know, Wesley Snipes is this drug dealer, this kingpin, you know, Nino Brown, and he's about to kill one of his like right hand men, like his lieutenants, you know, he about to kill G Money, right? And so there's this scene where, you know, Nino got the gun pointed at G Money and and G Money's like, CMB man, cash money brothers, we all we got. And and then he pulls the trigger and G Money didn't make it to the end of the movie. Uh, bless his heart. But a lot of us, we have adopted that all we got mentality. You know, all I got is this many clicks on my blog and all I got is this many listeners on my podcast and all I got is 1,200 followers on Instagram and all I got is an iPhone instead of, you know, the DSLR camera, the, the Canon rebel six eye and the lumix this that and the third all i got is canva instead of photoshopping and all i got was 10 people to come to my event luke 15 7 says this 
I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. And so we're complaining about the one person who needed to hear what you had to say, or the one person who read what you wrote, or the one person that paid for what you had to offer so they could serve their needs instead of rejoicing over the fact that someone has been equipped because of you and your obedience to get their breakthrough. We, we have that all I got. Well, all I got is, well, all we got is, or all I, all I had was. And I want you to think about what if God treated us that way? What if God treated us that way? You know, I want you to imagine this conversation. You know, Jesus is, is constantly petitioning the Lord on our behalf. And so imagine a conversation where Jesus is like, Father, Michelle needs a word of encouragement. Please send her a messenger to encourage her heart and to, to restore her faith and, and to lift up her head. And God is like, okay, so let me get this straight. You want me to send somebody to have somebody write a whole book or a blog post or produce a whole podcast episode just for Michelle? That seems like a lot of work, a lot of resources for one person. You know, there's not a lot of of upside, you know, that's not a, a huge return on investment. I can't really justify the cost of sending somebody to provide those types of resources, you know, just for one person. You know, now if you bring me a hundred people, we'll talk about it. But you know, for Michelle, I, 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 I ain't gonna be able to do it. God didn't do us like that. He didn't do us like that. And aren't you glad that when Jesus pleaded your case that God had mercy? And aren't you glad that when you needed gas and groceries, God provided for you, even though there were many other people who had to go without gas and groceries that day and he saw fit to bless you instead of blessing them? Aren't you glad? So you're not always going to be in the wilderness, okay? You are not always going to be in the place that you are right now. God is sustaining you. He is providing for you. He is providing your necessities. He's providing grace. He's providing health and strength and the tenacity and the muscle and the grit that you need to keep working in your wilderness. He is sustaining you on your journey to the promised land. Jeremiah 23, 23 and 24 says this. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not feel heaven and earth, declares the Lord? God has not forgotten about you. You are not tucked off in some corner where he can't see what's going on in your life. You know, you didn't answer this call and then God says, okay, you good. And then he just went off and left you out there hanging. No, God has not forgotten about you. The Bible says our key verse, Christ is all and in all. So if all you got is Christ, you have more than you'll ever need because Jesus is everything. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so this whole all I got is if all you got is Christ, baby, huh, you got everything that you need. That's all that you need. Here's the key. Okay, there's a formula to this thing. Many of us are looking for elevation and when is it going to happen for me and, and what's that next level going to be? You name me one person in the Bible that did not ascend to a level of elevation without going through some sort of wilderness, without going through some sort of test, okay, without some sort of examination to see if they were going to be able to stand firm and hold on before God blessed them. So the formula is this. Elevation comes right after examination, the test and expectation. So Moses was elevated after testing. Okay. And while he was being tested, he thanked God 
for the victory in advance. And so I want you to read that book, the book of Exodus, and read that before God parted the Red Sea, Moses gave God thanks for the victory. Here you got 600,000 plus people, plus the rabble, plus the livestock and the kids, and y'all all standing at the brink of the sea. Pharaoh is hot on your heels. You don't know how you're going to get across. But what did Moses do? He said, I thank God. David was elevated after testing. So before the stone, the rock, okay, that came from his slingshot sank into Goliath's forehead, David declared victory before he even made the shot. And so in their examination, they both had an expectation that their current situation was not the final destination. And I usually don't do these Jesse Jackson rhyming things, but that's the bottom line. Okay. During their examination, they had an expectation that God was going to deliver them and that their current situation was not the end all be all. Your current situation is not the end all be all. So I'm going to tell you like God told me, stop whining, stop crying, stop comparing, stop doubting and stop start praising me. It's already done. The victory is already here. Start thinking, start trusting, start declaring victory, start enjoying the provision, the manna that you have in your life right now, the daily provision that you have right now, because most of you live in houses that you did not build and you drive cars that you did not build. And so those types of things, those basic provisions, if you have health and strength in your body and you look at the people that can't even get out of bed in the morning, start thanking God for what you have and embrace the place where you are. Ain't nobody said the wilderness was a fun time. Ain't nobody said the wilderness was a picnic, but it was enough. It is just what you need to develop the skills that are necessary for you to thrive in the promised land. Because if you cannot be grateful for your right now, you will never be grateful for your what's next period, point blank. So start accepting that it's already done on your behalf and go forth in Jesus name. Woo. So that's it y'all. See, mama is back. I'm back in top form, baby. Okay, so as always, I want you to go to readytobelieve.com because you know if Apple Podcasts close up tomorrow or Facebook or Instagram or any of these platforms, then we will lose our connection with one another. And I want to keep up with you. There's some resources there that are available to you about how to create consistency. I just launched a free webinar series on how to build and grow your audience. So make sure you head over there and take advantage of that. And you know what? I have been thinking about taking Believe in Bigger podcasts on the road um, because, you know, pod class, when I did these live sessions in Chicago, I've been thinking about doing that in other cities and I'm on the fence about that. So if you think that believers in your city would enjoy a live event such as this and you are willing to help coordinate it, that's the key. Don't be like, oh, yes, come to Texas, girl. Oh, yes, come to San Diego. Oh, come to Jacksonville. And then, you know, I show up there and be like, Mm-mm, see, my um, my nephew had a graduation and um, my niece baby shower was um, that next day. And I would have Dr. Shantae. But um, mm-mm. if you think that people would enjoy it and you are willing to help coordinate it, then we can work together and collabo on that endeavor. But don't be throwing no random cities out there if you're not willing to help navigate and coordinate that process. But I would absolutely be happy to come out and meet more of you all. And if that is something that you are interested in, then hit me up at Dr. Shante Says and we'll get that ball rolling to put something together. So that is it. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for your patience in between episodes. 
as I was, um, last week was just crazy, you know? So even fresh off that, uh, other episode, I have been itching to get back on my microphone to, to do the podcast. And this was my first opportunity to do it. So I hope that this blessed you. If you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante says, head to ready to believe, sign up for all the goodies and the freebies, and I will see you next.